You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Bet this football season with my bookie. Use promo code GATERS and get a free 50% match with your first deposit. Only at my bookie. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. And here we go, Florida, Arkansas, Saturday night in the swamp. Hopefully, you know, all these other SEC games are getting canceled because of COVID. And we know Sam Pittman, Arkansas's head coach, uh, has tested positive for COVID. So hopefully the storm rolls through. Hopefully Arkansas is all A-OK. Hopefully all the schools out there in the SEC are all A-OK and around the country as well with all this – you know, positive COVID testing going on. Contact tracing is leading to a lot of these games being canceled. But for now, you know, we'll, we'll throw out this Arkansas uh, and Florida preview because the game is still scheduled uh, to be played. It seems like, you know, if you listen through Arkansas, it just kind of seems to be limited to uh, Sam Pittman. So looks like we'll get Florida, Arkansas Saturday night in the swamp return of Felipe Franks. And to talk about it all will be Pat Jenkins. With his show, The Hill, with Pat Jenkins, we'll hop on here on Gators Breakdown to give us a preview of these Arkansas Razorbacks, uh, Sam Pittman being out, Felipe Franks, a defense that causes a lot of turnovers. So we'll get into all that with Pat. Really, really good, uh, really, really good source there for Arkansas football. I've been on his show many times, and now he's going to get to join us here on Gators Breakdown to give us a preview of these Arkansas Razorbacks. So before we get there, remember you can get your own Gators Breakdown merchandise at ebay.com slash str slash Gators Breakdown. A lot of good options there. A lot of good options for some Gators Breakdown merchandise. If you want to show your support that way, listens, all the listens that you guys bring, that's enough. But if you want to show some support in another way, get you some Gators Breakdown merchandise at ebay.com slash str slash Gators Breakdown. And remember, you can find Gators Breakdown at news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. There you'll find all the Gators Breakdown episodes and News 4 Jacks coverage of the Gators. Please share, rate, and review the show. And on YouTube, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. It really helps us out here on Gators Breakdown. Or if you just want the -the on-the-go audio version, check us out on your favorite podcast platform. And follow Gators Breakdown on social media. We're on Twitter and Facebook at Gators Breakdown. And joining us now here on Gators Breakdowns, my good friend Pat Jenkins from the Hill with Pat Jenkins. Pat, man, I, I've been on your show uh, a good bit. I don't, I don't talk a whole lot of SEC, but only when uh, you know the opponent's coming up. So when Arkansas was named uh, a Florida opponent this season, I knew where I was going to to cover these Razorbacks. So thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, man. I mean, uh, you're a brother of my show, so consider me a brother for any time you need me on the Gators Breakdown. It'll be an honor, and I'm definitely glad to be on talking a little SEC football, but you know how it is. I mean, Arkansas, Florida, can't get any better than that because they might be the only game going on in the SEC this week, David. Yeah, it's – uh, <laughs> man – but yeah, I'll get your thoughts there right quick. Yeah, it's going crazy right now in the SEC with COVID. And, you know, Florida had their bout with it, of course, a couple of weeks ago. And now we're just seeing it go through uh, the SEC like crazy right now. You know, not uh, it just seems like, you know, one team from each game is affected from the ones that they postponed. But uh, hey, look, we we knew at some point it was probably going to come to this at, at, at one point in time of the season. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, with the cold weather and, you know, I know, uh, you know, Commissioner Sankey is to be commended for just how long, you know, SEC football and, and the programs have been able to go. I mean, there's been a few hiccups, like you said, David, but for the most part, I mean, you know, you knew it was going to happen. Uh, you just hope that it doesn't, you know, eliminate a lot of games and, and really complicate the, the end of the season. As you know, I know uh, check and the ADs around the SEC came out yesterday and have decided to go ahead and let December 19th be a makeup game. So let's just hope, you know, that they're not making up beyond December 19th. Yeah, yeah, we know the SEC championship game is already scheduled for that day too. So we'll see. SEC's got a lot to figure out uh, between now and then with all these uh, postponements. And look, Pat, I mean, look, the, the first big hit for this whole COVID storyline this week was Sam Pittman coming out on Sunday and, and then, you know, initially testing positive, And then that was confirmed again uh, on Monday. And now, you know, this big game with Florida coming up. Florida's coming off big win versus Georgia. And look, he's got a quarterback in Felipe Franks that's going to be returning, you know, to, to a place he played at before. And with everything kind of going on with Sam Pittman and, and, and kind of turning around this program, it's, it, it's, you know, it's sad to see that he won't be on the sideline when he plays one of the you know, top-notch opponents on the schedule. Oh, always. I mean, you know, with, with the way that Arkansas, you know, the fans, they embrace and they love Coach Pittman. I mean, for him to come down with the COVID uh, virus, real unfortunate. But that's, as we say, that's just the new normal part of life that we live in. You know, but at the same time, this team is going to play with a chip on their shoulder. Um, for Coach Pittman, we had availability with Felipe Franks and a couple other guys yesterday. And that's what they were saying. You know, they're going to dedicate this game to Coach Pittman. So I see Arkansas coming out with a lot of, uh, a lot of emotion. But just, you know, I, for the most part, this team and program, they've been able to, you know, avoid the COVID, um, you know, the COVID bug, if, if, if that's what it's called. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get into Sam Pittman a bit. Uh, of course, it wasn't a a uh, national fair headline of, of when Sam Pittman was you know, leaving Georgia as offensive line coach and, and making his way to, to Arkansas where he has a history there. It was pretty much panned as a hire for Arkansas, and all he's done in his first year is come and, and turn around a program that it was thought to maybe even go 0-10 in the SEC with the, with the new schedule. And now all he does is come in here and turn it around. Should be probably 4-2, and two, but sitting at 3-3 three and three right now. Just, just talk about him coming in, changing that Arkansas culture, and you know making a pretty successful team right now. I mean, it's, it was a situation to where, um, you know, in a story I like to tell people, you know, I had a chance of being around Coach Pittman uh, as the offensive line coach here at the University of Arkansas when he's under Bielema. And this was always a dream job of Coach Pittman um, to be the head coach here. So when he got the job and he was always my first, uh, my first choice, even before Coach Morris and that debacle. I mean, it was Sam Pittman and it was based on what I had seen and how the players gravitated to him and how the fans you know, gravitated to him. And this is an offensive line coach that most of Arkansas really understood and could connect with. And just, you know, to have him be able to get this opportunity, which a lot of people around the country, they weren't big supporters of this hire. But if you knew Sam and you had a chance to be around him, you knew that this program would uh, definitely turn around because he's about physicalness, he's about family, and the kids have fun. Yeah, absolutely. Sure, like they have just have fun, and look, he, he's one that likes to have fun too. You get back to all his recruiting stories at Georgia, and then uh, all his sayings and jukeboxes and all that kind of stuff uh, that you that you see with him now. I mean, he's uh, he's got it going on. You can definitely see why he's so approachable, and and, and these players want to play for him. Absolutely, and and you know, David, let's also credit the staff that he put together. I yeah. mean, Barry Odom. Kendall Biles, uh, Sam Carter, a 29-year-old up-and-comer that was a great defensive back at his time at TCU, uh, goes and gets one of the elite junior college coaches and Ryan Rhodes, uh, gets Jimmy Smith, running back coach from Georgia State. But everybody in the area of Atlanta, Georgia, they understand who he is. You know, and John Cooper, you know, proven guys. Uh, Brad Davis, whom Coach Pittman, uh, recruited to Oklahoma, coached, and has been, you know, a mentor in, in his coaching career in life. He was on, uh, he was on the know. Florida staff at one time, too. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, the guy, you guys down there in Florida, you yep. understand about Brad, Brad Davis. So the staff and the way that, that they're able to teach these kids, I think there was a, a, a big-time disconnect, David, in how these kids were taught 
the scheme and just life in general. And these coaches have come back and instilled a hope and a belief. And you can see it when he's, when, when Arkansas takes the field. I mean, look at last Tuesday. I mean, last Saturday night, Arkansas goes in at halftime down to Tennessee at home, 13 to nothing. This time last year, that team would have given up. But it's a, it's a new a new era, a new team, and it's all the credit to Coach Pittman and that staff he's put together there at Arkansas. And part of that new era is uh, part of uh, an old era at Florida. One Felipe Franks, the quarterback, uh, used to be at Florida now at Arkansas and is really uh, putting up a, a pretty good season there. And coming off of an injury last year, he transfers to Arkansas, of course, with Kyle Trask having success uh, at Florida. Man, just tell me what you think about Felipe and him coming in and you know, didn't get the spring. I know everybody was excited to see how he would have a spring practice there, but no spring practice, and he's come and, and really helped this Arkansas offense turn around a bit. I'm liking Felipe Franks here at Arkansas for Sam Pittman. It's just a match made in heaven. It was a situation where Felipe, I believe, was looking for a fresh start coming off an injury, and, you know, not a lot of uh, love, uh, you know, when he left Florida from the fan base from – you know, what you hear through the media. And then, you know, for him to come here and get a fresh start, he's a guy that's been there, done that. He, I mean, he has been a 10-3, and three, uh, you know, mm-hmm. quarterback, was an undefeated quarterback when he went down against Kentucky. So, and, you know, David and I, he was always a representative down there at SEC Media Day, yep. you know, where the, the those 42 players that were highly thought of show up, and Felipe was there. So, but being here at Arkansas, he's a young guy. He's an older guy with a young team. And and these guys, they look up to him. They absorb all of his knowledge, everything he says. And he's just, you know, created a family and a good culture. I mean, having Felipe under center is the most stable this this program at Arkansas has been at that position in quite some time. Pat, I'm glad you said that about him, too, because one thing, uh, and it doesn't matter what the fans think out there, you know, Gator fans, we do know the whole time he was here, he was beloved and respected by his teammates and the staff. That's part of the reason he was starting over Kyle Trask. And we could all go back and say, you know, Trask maybe should have been starting the whole time anyway. But there was something about Felipe that gravitated the staff and, and his teammates that, you know, they, they rallied behind him and, and played for him. And it was like the same things happening at Arkansas. Yeah, I, I, you know, and that's the that's one thing that Coach Pittman and, and the staff that's what they saw in Felipe is his leadership ability, and and like I said, this this position has not been very stable at Arkansas. Felipe does that. He 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 puts out a calming approach to this team. I mean, they like I said, they were down thirteen to nothing, and if you don't have a Felipe Franks, you talk about Malik Hornsby, he's going to be a good one, true freshman. Uh, JJ, um, you know, he's going to be a good one. Or KJ Jefferson, but at the same time, you don't have that experience, and that's what he does. He's a calming presence in the huddle, and for that entire football team, both offensively and defensively. I mean, the impact he's had on this team, David, I I can't put into words uh, how much he really means to that team. Awesome, awesome to hear there for the former Gator. Let's get into weapons around him a little bit, man. Pat, Traylon Burks, that, that, that boy's having him a season right now. And I tell you, it seem like he's coming off a really good game last week versus Tennessee. What, what's he bring to the table? Because if we go to the early part of this season for Florida, you know, that was a wide receiver that gave them trouble over and over again, you know, in games one, two, and three. And now you, you go against Arkansas. Florida's been able to identify a receiver against Missouri and, and, and Georgia and not let one go off. But if one's going right. to go off for Arkansas, it looks like the Burks might probably would probably be that guy. David Waters, explain to me this because I'm still trying to play this in my head. For, think about this. He went a season without a touchdown. <laughs> he went his freshman year without a touchdown. Tell me how that can happen. And, and he was putting up yards with that and no touchdowns. <sighs> You know, and and that's another thing. It's just you have a guy here in, in Traylon Burks that he can he can create separation. Doesn't matter who the defensive back is, if he's a senior or all American, it doesn't matter. I mean, he's always a guy that you know is on the football field for Arkansas that you have to account for, and he's just getting better and better and better, David. I mean, I think he's going to have a big game on Saturday. I think he's one of those guys that the elite ones at that position. They play their biggest games in the biggest moments, and I think that's what number sixteen is about to do. The country is still yet to see. I call him the little. I call him Mega Megatron. <laughs> you know, kind of the other version of the, <laughs> that guy. But yeah, I know Coach Fitman and Bob and that staff. They they sure love throwing the ball to him. 
And if we go to Pat, I mean, reputation for Arkansas has kind of been a, a hard-nosed running team. But, you know, this year with, with Felipe, running with him a bit too as well. You know, I think he's leading the team in carries right now. But it, right. give us this, you know, this you know, the lowdown on this Arkansas run game because if you go back and look at a traditional Arkansas team, you're always worried about, you know, a big offensive line and, and power running backs that can just run run over you all game. What's that? What's that aspect of the offense looking like? A work still in progress. Yeah, you know, I think they're still learning the physicality you know, from Coach what Coach Pittman and Coach Davis want at that position. I think they're still understanding that they can be a great offensive line. I mean, we you know people realize don't you know sometimes I think we forget that this was an offensive line that paved the way for 1,100 yard running backs and Raheem Boyd, but it's a different offense. And Coach Pittman's about physicality, and that's what these guys are still learning. He challenged him a couple of weeks ago. David in a practice and you know, over the last three weeks since that challenge you've seen I think they're averaging above 150 yards but this is still an offensive line that you're still going to continue to see grow because as you know it's a two for uh, you know you got a, a sophomore two red shirt freshman uh, a third year sophomore and Noah Gatling who's coming off an injury so it's an offensive line still trying to also to get its chemistry right so that's still going to be something I think even at, at the Florida game I mean they're going to have some busted plays no, but you also see like glimpses of, of of just that offensive line for the future going forward. All right, Pat Jenkins from the Hill with Pat Jenkins joining us here on Gators Breakdown as we shift to the other side of the ball before we wrap up here. Man, Pat, I tell you, Barry Oda was getting a whole lot of praise, just like Sam Pittman, or, or you know, early on in the season, of course, in this defense is kind of just surprised everybody with the, with the way they're playing. Now he's going to be the interim head coach for this game, of course, with his experience back at Missouri. What has he brought to this defense, and how do you see that kind of shifting over as him being interim head coach this weekend? He brought energy, and he brought a know-how, and he brought it, and he brought a want to, and these kids love that, and he's letting kids that are able to make plays make plays, and I think that's the biggest advantage uh, that he's that he's brought to this team defensively. I mean, Barry is just—he's that dude. He's that coach that can walk out on the field and you instantly just, if it's not Coach Pittman, it's Coach Odom energizing that football field. And it's really fun to see how he gets that defense fired up because same talent as last year and the year before pretty much, just a different infusion of passion. And and that is a total credit to Coach Barry Odom. There's a reason, um, you know, that LSU tried to hire him away uh, about a week after he took the Arkansas job. And there's a reason he's continuously talked about for, you know, possible head coaching jobs at the Power 5 level that may come, come open because the guy knows football, and he's definitely a teacher of it. Well, anything you expect maybe different to kind of just maybe or just kind of continuing the same trend from Pittman with, with him being the interim head coach this week? I mean, right, right. I think so. Yeah. I, I think so. I think he's, you know, all these coaches, that, that's the good thing about it. Why you like watching the Davis, that they all have Coach Pittman's vision. So it, it's so, like, unbelievable to watch. You know, he's a, he believes in toughness, and he's going to coach. His, and he's known Coach Pittman for over 20 years, and he's, you know, I mean, this, this team is going to, and coaching staff are going to coach and play uh, with a chip on their shoulder, and, and they've all said they're going to they're gonna play for Coach Pittman, so. I don't know what version we're going to see, but uh, I think we're going to see a very inspired version of, of, of Arkansas football team. Well, players that do look inspired and play with a chip on their shoulders, those linebackers, Bumper Pool, which might be one of the uh, best names in college football, uh, and Grant Morgan, those two linebackers right there have been on a tear recently. I mean, I, I tell you what, Pat, I mean, those guys out there, not really highly thought of, not highly recruited, not uh, up there and you know, all SEC mentions, but by the season's end, they may be on some all SEC list. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and what can you say about Grant Moore? I mean, Morgan, I mean, this guy walk on and, you know, basically why they say in the sports world, David, you know, you get it out of the mud. He, that's basically what he's done. <laughs> I mean, been able to make plays, not the biggest of linebackers, but I think there's not a bigger heart in the SEC playing that position. And then Bumper Pool. I mean, Bumper came in highly recruited, highly thought of, but I think it's just a system. And the change of how Barry Odom abused, you know, are starting to use the linebackers in more of a gap scheme. I think that's 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 where they're starting to really, really, really exceed. And I and I only see them getting better. But the one thing I really like they've improved is their cover skills. These two guys weren't very good, uh, you know, when you send a tight end or a back out of the backfield the previous uh, past few years. But now 
Your bumper has an interception. Uh, Grant Morgan has a pick six. So you really see the development, you know, for, and that is also a credit to one of Sam's coaches, Ryan Rhodes, linebacker coach. Just a lot of overall development with this program. And like I said, if you're a Razorback fan, you, you got to be excited for what this defense can be in the future because it's a fairly young defense for the most part. Well, you talked about those two guys uh, being better in coverage and, and getting interceptions. Well, the whole team or the whole defense, Pat, has been doing that. Arkansas leads the country, 12 interceptions on the season. Going to be interesting to see if they can create some of those versus the skater passing game in contrast. I think it's going to be key in this ball game how Arkansas secondary defends uh, Mr. Tony and the crew. Uh, and you're going to have to get some pressure on Trask. If you can't get pressure on Kyle Trask, I think, you know, and we are, we saw evident with that with that at A&M. It's, it's real, if you can't get pressure on that quarterback, especially a good one like that, it's going to be hard to slow down that offense. And we know under Dan Mullen, Florida's putting up points. But I, I really do think the biggest key is going to be Arkansas secondary uh, versus that receiving core Florida. Pat, last thought here. Give us a, a Gator thought. Look, you, you, you guys with Arkansas had to play Mississippi State every year, led, led by Dan Mullen. What have you seen from his time at Mississippi State and transitioning now to Florida and the success he's having at, at Florida? The way he develops quarterbacks. Yeah. I think in his offensive innovation, you know, how he's able to take a quarterback from year to year and they might be of different skill set and, and still have a productive offense. And then, you know, you see his teams play with passion. And he's always a stickler for a great defense. That's the one thing I know about Dan Muller. He's going to be innovative on offense. And he's going to have a pretty sticky defense uh, to go along with that. Plus a pretty salty special team. Just an all-around, you know, solid program. All right, that is Pat Jenkins from the Hill with Pat Jenkins there, giving us the great Arkansas preview here as the Razorbacks and Gators meet up Saturday night in the Swamp. Pat, man, I cannot thank you enough for uh, joining Gators Breakdown. And, man, I, I hope uh, hope we get to do it again. All right, Dave. Hey, look forward to having you know you having me on anytime, man. Give me a shout. All right, see you later. Late fall starts for college football. The NBA bubble, UFC Fight Island. It's clear 2020 has been a year unlike any other, which is why you need a sports book with offers unlike any other. Get some skin in on the game with my bookie, where odds boost, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with Turkey Day right around the corner, there's really no better time to feast on some NFL action. Whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with MyBookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in thousands of games online, either game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today, find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the games are over. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, use promo code GATERS to get your deposit matched halfway, all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. Say you put in $200, they'll match you with another 100 in your account. If you're already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season with promo code GATERS at MyBookie. All right, here we go. I mean, this this game's much different between Florida and Arkansas than, than we thought before the season started. When the SEC came out with that 10-game schedule, we kind of pointed to, hey, Arkansas's a week after Georgia. Should be a pushover game. Not so much anymore. They're a much better team than what we originally thought. Still think Florida should win the game, but Arkansas's a much better uh, foe uh, than we were giving them credit for when the season started. So, you know, we thought it was going to be a nice, easy game after Georgia. It looks different now. Uh, I think, uh, you know, look, it's a game I think Florida will be up for, and they have some familiarity there because of so many people and, and some connections there in the Arkansas staff uh, and the player, of course, with Felipe Franks being the quarterback. That's the that's the biggest piece, biggest storyline. And we, we just talked about it. <laughs> We've talked about it kind of all week here, the familiarity with Felipe Franks being the quarterback. Look, he still has a lot of connections with his staff, the skater staff, Gator players. There's a lot of familiarity there, and I think a lot of emotion goes into it for the Gators too. I don't think there will be any problem whatsoever for Florida to get up for this game. 
it being the week after Georgia. You know Felipe Franks. They all have a relationship with him, and you still want to go out there and beat him. And then the players have talked about all week about, hey, we didn't really get to hit him a whole lot in practice when he was here. So now and he's a trash talker. And, you know, that, that's, that, and that fuels Franks. I don't mean trash talker in a bad way. I mean trash talker as in, you know, just some – friendly competitiveness there on the practice field. And now those Florida Gator players are like, okay, now we get to go hit him. <laughs> we didn't get to go hit him for the longest time. He thought a lot of trash and maybe can make, make him pay for that a little bit. So that, that'd be, that'd be fun to see. I think, uh, yeah, I think you'll see some fun uh, jawing back and forth a bit from Franks and, and the Gators defense uh, a little bit, maybe even some, even some from the Florida uh, offense when they're on the sideline, you know, Felipe Franks runs out of bounds or something. Uh, toward the Florida sideline. You might see some cool stuff, but I think that'd be something to watch out for. And, uh, you know, especially if it's near Trevon Grimes or, or anything like that, his former roommate and somebody he still talks to a whole lot. So those are just little things there I think you can kind of look out for with Felipe Franks is on the field uh, there. So also Kendall Browse, offensive coordinator for Arkansas, was the offensive coordinator for FSU last year. So you've already kind of you know prepared for what you see with his offense and what he likes to do. Uh, slowed it down a little bit now in Arkansas compared to what he's done in the past and what he's done at FSU uh, last year, but uh, still schematically pretty much the same uh, offensive coordinator. And then Barry Odom, who's going to be the interim coach this week there for Arkansas. You're very familiar with him. Uh, his was the head coach, of course, at Missouri. So a lot of familiarity there, a lot of things to look at and how he likes to do things. And, you know, we'll see how much he changes just in one day, one week. For I mean, you can't change a whole lot. Don't get me wrong. They're going to still follow a script uh, that they've been pretty much playing all season. But still, you know, maybe some tendencies you can kind of pick up on. And, and, and it does make you wonder how it affects the Arkansas defense now that he has to be this umbrella, this all-encompassing head coach this week how does that affect the Arkansas defense uh, and having to you know cater to a lot of responsibilities right now this week so some interesting storylines there as far as familiar familiarity goes uh, with this Gator team and a lot of uh, pieces on Arkansas so you know it's going to Felipe Franks of course Collected at least 200 passing yards in all six games this season. Uh, made an immediate impact for Arkansas, of course, throwing for 1,428 yards and 14 touchdowns while completing 123 of 183 attempts through the team's first six games for a completion percentage of 67.2%, which would set the single-season school record for Arkansas. <laughs> so, you know, Franks is uh, completing the ball at a, at a pretty good pace right now. His 14 touchdown passes are the most by an Arkansas quarterback since 2016 when Austin Allen threw 25 touchdown passes. Franks is fifth in the SEC in passing touchdowns with 14, passing yards with 1,428, and passing efficiency at 154.7, fifth in all those, uh, and also completion percentage as well at 67.2%. He was uh, 18-24 for 215 yards and three touchdowns versus Tennessee last week, coming off a big game there. Franks has eight touchdowns in the last three games. Uh, look, he, he still likes to rely on his first read <laughs> a bit too much, something we saw at Florida a whole lot. That first read's not there. Maybe get, get him in a panic a bit. He still likes to throw short. He can launch it, as we know, but not a lot of success there. Uh, so we'll see how that Florida defense matches up there. But, you know, this offense also just has him throwing short. So uh, that's uh, the biggest benefit beneficiary for him is playing within a scheme that, like Dan Mullen, you know, has adjusted to him and not asking him to do a whole lot. He still uses his legs a bit, too. So, you know, look, look out for that. At least the team in uh, carries. So still something to, to, to look out for uh, our Felipe Frank's legs. Favorite target, I mean, and him throwing short, the biggest beneficiary has been sophomore wide receiver Traylon Burks. Uh, he's 64 yards away from reaching 1,000 career receiving yards. Uh, so just, you know, as a sophomore there. So, uh, and he snagged four touchdowns in the last three games against Tennessee last week. Five yards shy of recording his third consecutive 100 plus yard receiving game. Someone Arkansas uses in every aspect. So you could see him catching, running, throwing. You know, so keep a lookout for creative ways to get the ball in his hands. His 6.2 receptions per game ranks 7th in the SEC and 40th nationally. He's also 5th in the SEC, averaging 92.2 receiving yards per game, 7th in receiving touchdowns with 5 and ninth in total receiving yards with 461. So pretty good weapon there. We saw Florida struggle with the wide receivers earlier in the year. Kind of calmed that down a bit in the last couple of games. You know, not one wide receiver 
a lot of it due to bad quarterback play, of course, too, but not one receiver being able to go crazy on this Florida defense in the last couple of games with Missouri and Georgia. And here's something very interesting about this Arkansas uh, offense right here. They've started slow this season in the first half, but have been pretty good to start the second half of games. Razorbacks have taken their first possession of the game for points just one time this season, driving uh, 87 yards against Texas A&M. So in the first six games of the year, the offense has picked up seven first downs and 139 yards, only 23.2 yards per game in the, uh, in the, in that first drive of the game, but halftime adjustments there. Kendall Browse making some really good uh, adjustments. The Arkansas offense has taken their first drive of the second half for points in five of the time, five of the team's six games, including touchdowns in three of those games. So look for Florida and, you know, and, and kind of a good thing here for Florida, you know, with the slow start from Arkansas and the fast start, this Florida offense is usually getting off to, you know, you look for Florida to build an early lead and then see if Arkansas can claw their way back like they have multiple times this season. And kind of kind of the script we've seen from Florida, too, <laughs> a good bit this year, get up and the teams kind of claw their way back. All right, that, that follows what Arkansas does to a T. So we'll see if it follows. Both teams have kind of – if the trend continues, that's exactly what's going to happen. Florida's going to get up big. Arkansas is going to come back a bit. Uh get up enough kind of like you did in Georgia last week where you put up a whole ton of points in the first half and it doesn't really matter. So we'll see how that goes. But you know, both teams kind of opposite in the way they or when they are putting up points. So but look much like when he was at Florida, Franks is better, you know, in an offense that likes to run about as much as they throw, <laughs> if not more. They don't ask Franks to do a whole lot, pretty much play it safe a lot. Franks is uh he's taking care of the ball. For, for the most part, without uh, so many risks. And, and part of that is due to Felipe. And this all, they're not taking a whole lot of risk due to Felipe. Uh, and this all sets up for Florida to have some success on, on third down as a defense. Uh, as Arkansas ranks 11th in the SEC and 87th in the country in third down conversion percentage, they're also 11th in the SEC and 92nd in the country and giving up tackles for loss. So they try to run, not really great at it, only, only 138 yards a game. Franks leads them with 72 carries while their two main running backs, Smith and Boyd, both have 70 carries on the season. So those three, Franks, Smith, and Boyd, combined for about three and a half yards a carry. So not a lot of threat there uh, in the run game. So much like what we saw a couple of weeks ago versus Missouri, uh, play some more aggressive man coverage, especially given that Arkansas likes to mostly throw safe, short, tackle well, don't have a whole lot of um, uh, yards after the catch. Arkansas is not going to key with the ground game. So I, I look for a, a pretty aggressive uh, approach for this for, for this Gator. Gator defense, Gator defense there. So we switch it to the other side of the ball. And Arkansas, you know, we've – when Florida was struggling at the beginning of the year and Arkansas was playing better on defense than they have been in past years, uh, playing pretty good against some pretty good teams, and, and they've identified some playmakers uh, on that defense along the way uh, with Barry Odom, junior linebacker Bumper Pool. Great name there, by the way. Bumper Pool. Look out for that one. So uh, he made a game-high 14 tackles for the second consecutive week and added one-and-a-half tackles for loss against Tennessee. Poole leads the SEC and ranks fourth nationally, averaging 12.8 tackles per game. And then redshirt senior linebacker and former walk-on Grant Morgan ranks second in the SEC behind teammate Bumper Poole, averaging 11.7 tackles per game. But he also, but he leads the team with 70 tackles. You heard Pat talk about how important these guys are uh, for Arkansas, and they're just stat machines, tackle machines, uh, right there for for Arkansas. So you you could say their linebackers are getting those numbers due to in part their due to in part that their defensive line not getting as many tackles and helping in rush defense. Arkansas was 13th in the SEC and 75th nationally in rush defense, giving up 179 yards per game. So you probably could say those linebackers are tallying those numbers up a bit because the running backs are getting to them. <laughs> the defensive line's not necessarily helping them out all too much. So you know, now maybe this Florida run game finds its way. And the passing team that the Gators are, you know, may not look that way as, as much versus – the Razorbacks and the way they also create turnovers. They don't stop the run a whole lot and they create turnovers through the air. So Florida's a passing team. We know that, but 
for this Arkansas defense, you know, despite playing one or two fewer games than a lot of college football uh, teams out there, Arkansas's 12 interceptions lead the country. Arkansas also had this has the nation's only freshman duo that has multiple interceptions in the season and Hudson Clark with three. Then Jalen uh, Catalan, I hope I'm saying that right, uh, with two. Uh, in the three wins, and here is an interesting uh, stat about a stat. <laughs> so uh, how it trends there for, for their for the for these turnovers. In the three wins, the hogs are plus nine with 13 takeaways. In their three losses, they're minus one with no takeaways in their last two defeats. So Florida doesn't have a whole lot of big problems with turnovers, interceptions especially. We, we know Kyle Trask either, but you know it's given up one in, in every game this season. Florida has not a huge issue. Had to pick six last week versus Georgia as well. So turnovers, not a you know a consistent worry about this Florida offense. But Arkansas on defense likes to create those turnovers especially through the air. Overall, Arkansas has the SEC's second-best pass-ranked defense, but that's only good for 46th in the country. That is crazy. Second in the conference, but 46th in the country in pass defense with 222 yards per game. Arkansas has only allowed 300 passing yards once this season, and that was a win over Mississippi State, a team that just chucks the ball all over the place. So, I mean – that's the only team you've given up 300 yards on, and I guarantee you they were probably – not to go back and look at, what, 50, 60 attempts probably for, for Mississippi State. Uh, so, you know, you can kind of excuse giving up 300 yards versus that offense uh, so, so sometimes. So, look, Florida's a passing team. I expect to see it again. But in looking at Arkansas, you know, if there's a chance to get the run game working uh, a bit for Florida this week, you know, get, get it a little bit of work. You're going to throw the ball over the place. I know that. And, and But – Look, you might be playing some young guys on offense. Uh, with you know, we'll see what Stuart Reese's uh, availability is. Uh, but with you know Josh Braun and Michael Tarquin, Ethan White. I mean, hopefully we see more of him. But you know, Braun and Tarquin got a lot of playing time versus Georgia last week. We're waiting on uh, Ethan White to to make more of an appearance this year. Maybe he gets some playing time if he's fully healthy. You know, this might be a good time to get some youngsters out there and and, and have an improving. Run game. You want to see that run game take some steps as the season moves forward. And now against a defense that has given up some rushing yards all year, maybe we see some young offensive linemen out there who played pretty good last week. Get them out there for the second week in a row and can kind of continue to build on what we saw last week versus Georgia. But we know Florida's going to go past for a whole lot of yards. <laughs> so uh, it, it's just uh, it, it's your offense. It, it is your offense. And I know we all want to see uh, the, the run game a bit more, but you got to uh, got to play your game. Got to play your game. And I'll get into some of your thoughts, too, and a lot of you uh, agree with it um, uh, there. So being much like on offense for Arkansas, you like to play it pretty safe on defense, too. A lot of zone coverage, not a ton of sacks, uh, which is kind of surprising with the number of interceptions they have. You thought that – I would. I, I kind of thought that sack number just before looking at it, I was like, eh, probably pretty good in sacks, but no, no <laughs> they're not. They don't get to the quarterback a whole lot. So they're eighth in the SEC and 79th in the country with only 1.83 sacks a game. So, with, you know, with, with all that, you know, it's just – they just wait on quarterbacks to make mistakes. Kyle Trask doesn't do that consistently. There's been a few throws this season that uh, you didn't want to see Trask make, but nowhere near enough to, to make it a problem. He'll be fine just sitting back there, picking apart this Arkansas defense, letting his wide receivers make plays after the catch. So, uh, you know, we, we, plenty, plenty of these, plenty of receivers out there that can do that for this Gator team. So, all that said, looking at both sides of the ball, 40 20 Gators. That's what I got. 40 to 20. I think Florida goes out there, score some points again. Franks isn't consistent enough to hit downfield throws. He'll get one. Uh, he, he, I think he'll get one. He, he'll get a, he'll get one on this Florida defense. Don't get me wrong. I know that's not a huge prediction here, <laughs> given what we've seen from this Florida defense. Especially going back to last week there. I don't think Florida will be so worried about the Arkansas run game like they were Georgia last week to where it will happen over and over and over again. But I think they'll they'll try. They'll probably hit one. Gators make some adjustments, I think. And I don't think you'll see them get bombed away over and over and over again. Does Frank have the arm to get it there? Yes. Does he have the arm accurate enough to get it there? Stats say no this year. So think defense gets a lot of pressure and that's part of it too with, with franks i think defense gets a whole lot of pressure in this game that affects franks 
He's been sacked a whole lot this year. Uh, Travis, what could, you know, I think Arkansas has given up the second most sacks this year. Uh, so <laughs> we'll see you know, where that goes. I think Travis will continue to do what he does. I'm looking at the run game to have a big day along with the pass game. It's like an overall offensive kind of day here. Best day of the season for the Gators on offense, uh, maybe as far as uh, just if you want to take a look at the, the complete picture offense. Yeah, it may not be as explosive as what we saw versus Ole Miss, uh, Missouri, or, or even the first half of Georgia last week. But I think maybe overall you'll go and look at this game afterwards. You'll look at offense, or you'll look at the run game and the pass game. Let's say that was a pretty good, successful day for the Gators. So 40 to 20 Gators, that is the final score I got for my prediction here for Gators versus Razorbacks. So let's get into some of your guys' thoughts here. Oh, here we go. No decision. Sorry about that. Lance says, blowout by the second half so that we can get young guys' experience. I want to see Princely go to work and more of Iverson comment. And look, I had brought, already brought up some young offensive linemen that may be in there anyway because of some injuries. Uh, but you know, there's still some room to fit those guys in there as well. So you may be able to go deep into the offensive line as well. Definitely want to see more of Prince Lee. We've seen some explosiveness from him in some limited time uh, as well. But also, look, I mean, as much as Jaden Hill's out there playing and Rashad Torrance is out there playing, even still roll with those guys. I think they need all the experience they can get. So I know they may be starters in in some form or fashion. They're going to play a whole lot. I expect to see – if you get up kind of like you did against Missouri a whole lot, you kind of emptied the bench versus Missouri a couple of weeks ago. Hopefully, I think something kind of similar uh, here with this one. Uh, Cameron Harris says, "I want to, I want us to continue building on the steps taken the last two weeks. Play physical and stay aggressive at all times. Keep improving." Tim Collins on defense: two turnovers and minimal damage from the deep ball. An offense a significantly smaller or no drop off in production in the second half. So kind of two thoughts there. One from Cameron saying, stay aggressive. Tim saying significantly smaller or no drop off. I think a lot of people want to see that if there was only one negative takeaway last week from uh, the, the Florida Georgia game last week was the, the maybe taking the foot off the gas pedal versus Georgia Ran some shorter routes, a lot of hitches, didn't necessarily test down the field like he did in, in the first half. So that's part of play calling. I think that kind of bleeds over into what, you know, Trask doesn't necessarily – I, I think uh, Trask, I, I like to go there. he's got a little bit of gunslinger in him. And I think you're when you try to dial him back down a little bit, I think that affects him mentally uh, a good bit. So you know, we'll see where, where it goes from there. But I agree. And even if it takes it to the point of you're going to go get some younger guys – some kind of like how Spurrier used to do. You, you put the younger guys out there and just let them go play the game uh, as well. But yeah, I see the uh, a lot of the fans wanting that killer instinct uh, for for this Gator for this Gator team. Hopefully, hopefully we see it. Hopefully we see it here. Chomp Central says, "I want to see a focused team that doesn't let the Georgia win get to their head. We can't take any game for granted, and this is no exception. Grantham knows Frank's weaknesses." And we need to exploit them, put him in uncomfortable situations, limit the big play will be key. I agree. And to me, when you look at the, the skater team, that last part here, limiting the big play will be key. That's pretty much the only way you're going to beat this Florida team with the way the offense runs. Florida's going to put up points. You got to limit the big plays from the other team. If we've seen, like, if this, if this skater defense isn't going to be great, which they probably won't be, we've seen enough now. If, this team is to get beat. It's going to be because the other team's hitting big plays. Other teams in the games Florida has won, you've seen them be limited because they're taking up a whole lot of time or they're having to fight, fight from behind uh, a good bit. And we've seen Florida kind of rope teams into having these long drives late in games that really won't amount to anything. But you know, the game Florida lost to, uh, to A&M, it was big play after big play after big play. Well, it's like we saw in some other games too, especially the Ole Miss game. Uh, but, you know, that was that, that, that was the big play. That kind of hurt you uh, over and over again. So limit the big play. If if teams don't hit the big play, Florida, Florida's going to win the game. <laughs> it could put up too many points. And it's going to take too much time for the other teams to even score and try and keep up there. 
Uh, don't let the Georgia win get there to their head. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I, I like the part of playing Felipe Franks here only because I think the team wants to go out there and prove themselves against him again. They don't want to lose to their former quarterback, so I think the focus will be there from the staff and, and, and for the players. Jack DeYoung says, I would like to see an inspired performance during what seems to be the quintessential letdown game. I want to see Franks do well, but not too well. And our safety play makes some strides because heaven knows we're going to need it. He says 34-24 Florida. Um, yeah, I hear a lot of you saying about about the letdown game the week after Georgia. Um, and Arkansas was supposed to be a much easier game than we originally thought. But uh, not the case now. I think uh, – I'll say it one more time. I think, I think they'll be ready for this one. Michael Lewis says, with Ohio State going down a game – with the cancellation, we'd like to see the offense not take the foot off the gas and get trashed to five TDs, 500 yards passing, give him his Heisman moment and take the momentum uh, in the race. I don't know how much of a Heisman moment he'll get with this one. I think that came last week versus Georgia, but you would, of course, going to your point, Michael, there is to continue to build upon what we saw last week. You know, I think uh, a lot more eyes are on Kyle Trask now because of last week. So, and look, with all these, uh, you mentioned Ohio State going down, uh, and we're not going down, but their game going down and getting uh, canceled this week versus Maryland. There's a lot of games that are going down. And you would think with the, the, the start, Florida being one of the main storylines this week after beating Georgia, that a lot of eyes may be tuned into Florida, especially it's a night game. The Masters won't, <laughs> won't be on. Uh, games are dropping left and right, so you may not have a whole lot of competition in the day. So I think a lot of people would tune into this Florida game to see Kyle Trask. And you know, I think the nation can kind of turn in to see Kyle Trask because they've heard about him all week. Go out there and have a big game. Go out there and, and follow up your Heisman moment from last week with another great performance and continue that Heisman talk talking. Um, or that has been taught continuing uh, there and, and put yourself in a conversation even more. Uh, trash for Heisman, L-R-Y-A-L-140. I forget. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> um, I talked to him a whole, a whole lot anyway, but I have to ask him what that means. But trash for Heisman, has, Trask for Heisman is his Twitter name here. He says he wants the wide receivers to step up in pits, likely absent for him. Time for Cope to break out. Just uh, Jacob Copeland. Shorter could fit in well with what Pitts does. Defense continue to play good. Lock down that back end. Get pressure on Franks. Uh, yeah, I kind of mentioned earlier this week, you know, I think you could see Shorter. Uh, I think I said it on Twitter. I don't think I said it on the podcast, but you could see Shorter playing, not replicating Kyle Pitts. I mean, that's like people saying replicating Percy Harvin. You don't replicate Percy Harvin. You can do some of the things he did. You put him in the role and see what team uh, somebody can handle. Sort of kind of how I see Justin Shorter and Kyle Pitts. You can let him play in a similar fashion, but you can't replicate it. I mean, there's no replicating what Kyle Pitts does out there. So, uh, but yeah, I think you can ask him to do a, a whole lot of the same things. Um, probably not get probably don't get the same results. If you did, he'd be out there making a whole lot more plays and that's not a knock on him. Uh, that's not a knock on shorter, but, uh, maybe this is an opportunity. He goes out there and, and gets to, pr- to prove himself, uh, even more. Cause look, we've seen him come on the last couple of weeks. And, uh, so this could be, uh, another game where we do see some, another name, you know, along with Kadarius Tony, of course, cause that's usually Kyle Pitts. Another name go out there. Could be Grimes. Could be Copeland, could be shorter. We'll see. Could be Henderson. I mean, it could be a, a bevy of guys right now. We've all seen them kind of have their moments this year. The receivers, you know, you pick one guy a week to have a moment or that's had their moment so far this year. And look, it's kind of been taking turns. I mean, of course, it's been led by Pitts and Tony, but there's games out there you can point to where Twint Wittermore had a big impact. And Xavier Henderson had some kind of impact. Justin Shorter had some kind of impact. Jacob Copeland has made some kind of impact. So, you know, this could be another one of those games where Kadarius Tony is going to need a little bit of help more so than he did or ha- has needed in, in, in the past weeks, and you get it from somebody else. Bull Gator says, dominant, both sides, uh, both lines of scrimmage. Franks has been sacked more than any other SEC quarterback. Arkansas defense is second to last in rush defense. like to see – the offense exposed the three two six the uh, dime look there uh, from Arkansas with a lot of runs. Like to see complete control of the game, like they should, um, like they should. Uh, so dominant lines of scrimmage, 
I think we, yeah, I think we, since Kyrie Campbell's come back, I think we want to continue to see that defensive line make plays. And Felipe Franks has been sacked a whole lot this season. We know he likes to run into pressure. He did it here at Florida. He's doing it there at Arkansas. Doesn't really step up in the pocket, looks to, looks to the outside to run and run into a sack. Still does that. Maybe this is a, a game where, you know, Brenton Cox uh, can, can, you know, be there around the edge and take and take Franks down a couple times uh, there. So look for some uh, look look for that. Look for Florida to dial up pressure. Uh, I think as well to to rattle Franks and continue to hit him like he's been hit uh, all year here. So Gators, go Gators! Five six one says secondary not get beat over the top. We all know Franks can bomb it, but struggles to make real throws. Don't let them beat us deep one time. So I, I think they'll get one. I think they'll get one. You learn from it. You don't let it happen again. And then, uh, but yeah, I think we want to see the secondary a little more consistent in that regard, especially when going back and looking at the Georgia game. So it'd be interesting to see who's all back there, who gets what play in time and all that good stuff back there in the secondary. You're probably still trying to figure all that out. (laughs) All that out. There's so many guys back there. So many guys, the staff wants to play. And I think we've all said at one point or another that probably too much rotation, but some, maybe, maybe that contributes to some of it too, uh, of the big plays that should be hit as guys are rotated in and out, in and out. I know they like to keep players fresh, but also hard to get into a groove sometimes. So I think um, with all that said, we're still going to see a whole bunch of players back there uh, on the back end of this Gator defense everyone thank you so much for sending your thoughts in gives us a whole lot to talk about here as we look forward to the arkansas razorbacks now to do it for this episode of gators breakdown i know we usually look into the sec not a whole lot of action uh this week georgia missouri got canceled uh today as well as as before i recorded this so we'll see what all happens uh not not many games this week of, of consequence out there uh for the sec so all eyes on florida Arkansas for for us this week, of course, and uh, we'll see what all comes about uh, through uh, all these uh, postponed games for the SEC. Could be a big storyline moving forward of how the SEC figures all this scheduling out. So, as much as we think we know Florida's schedule right now for for the rest of the season, I think everything's probably safe up until that LSU game that ha- that's um, tentatively scheduled for the what nineteenth no twelfth. Uh, that game scheduled for the tentatively tentatively scheduled for the twelfth. I don't see how you can make Florida and LSU play and not Alabama and LSU that should have been played this Saturday. It's kind of weird to me that uh, a division game would be not played over a cross division game. But we'll we'll see. We'll see what the SEC figures out. They have a lot to figure out if they want to get all these games in moving forward. We'll see how it all affects the Gators as well. So that'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. I am the host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.